changes it so that it is impossible not to like them, not to wish the best for them, and equally impossible not to be utterly shocked when that fine young man turns out to be a murdering sociopath. It would be difficult to say much more about this captivating story without ruining the suspense or tipping off the surprises, so I won't. But I will say that, after yet another rereading, it again proves to be technically flawless. There are many mystery novels that are perfectly precise puzzles, the elements of which mesh as smoothly as the works of an expensive wristwatch. They can be thoroughly enjoyed once and never thought about again, as if the reader had walked away satisfied after completing a jigsaw puzzle. Levin achieves far more than a synchronized mechanism. He brings to life characters who have not sought to be involved in crime and murder, except, of course, the killer. They are essentially decent people caught up in a world not of their creation. Aliens in a terrifying environment without a map or compass. Cornell Woolrich was the master of this type of literature, described so lucidly as the everyday gone wrong, and so dexterously exploited by Alfred Hitchcock in so many of his films. Suspense fiction is designed to terrify and, when done well, succeeds in a way that transcends the moment of actual reading. When the writer pulls it off, certain scenes explode into technicolor images in the mind and linger long after the book has been finished and returned to the shelf. And this terror is dramatically magnified when it involves people who did nothing deliberately to find themselves in positions of jeopardy. A soldier, or a policeman, or a shark hunter have some expectation of danger in their lives. Children don't, nor do the charming and innocent young women who fall in love with the wrong sociopath, as Ira Levin allows them to do in A Kiss Before Dying. Otto Penzler Part 1. Dorothy 1. His plans had been running so beautifully, so goddamned beautifully, and now she was going to smash them all. Hate erupted and flooded through him, gripping his face with jaw-aching pressure. That was all right, though, the lights were out. And she, she kept on sobbing weakly in the dark, her cheek pressed against his bare chest, her tears and her breath burning hot. He wanted to push her away. Finally, his face relaxed. He put his arm around her and stroked her back. It was warm, or rather his hand was cold. All of him was cold, he discovered. His armpits were creeping with sweat, and his legs were quivering the way they always did when things took a crazy turn and caught him helpless and unprepared. He lay still for a moment, waiting for the trembling to subside. With his free hand, he drew the blanket up around her shoulders. Crying isn't going to do any good, he told her gently. Obediently, she tried to stop catching her breath in long, choking gasps. She rubbed her eyes with the worn binding of the blanket. It's just the holding it in for so long. I've known for days, weeks. I didn't want to say anything until I was sure. His hand on her back was warmer. No mistake possible. He spoke in a whisper, even though the house was empty. No. How far? Two months almost. She lifted her cheek from his chest, and in the dark he could sense her eyes on him. What are we going to do, she asked. 
You didn't give the doctor your right name, did you? No. He knew I was lying, though. It was awful. If your father ever finds out. She lowered her head again and repeated the question, speaking against his chest. What are we going to do? She waited for his answer. He shifted his position a bit, partially to give emphasis to what he was about to say and partially in the hope that it would encourage her to move, for her weight on his chest had become uncomfortable. Listen, Dory, he said. I know you want me to say we'll get married right away, tomorrow. And I want to marry you more than anything else in the world. I swear to God I do. He paused, planning his words with care. Her body, curled against his, was motionless, listening. But if we marry this way, me not even meeting your father first, and then a baby comes seven months later, you know what he'd do. He could